Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 225. Join this evening, Mac. Good evening. I'm a little ranty this evening. Uh, okay. And also, back by popular demand, when I say popular demand, nobody's actually written in, but, you know, Ian is back. I have broken free from the depths <laughs> of hell, and now I'm just bored. <laughs> and we have Mad Cat. And we have the dumbass himself. The more the merrier. I'm back by unpopular demand. I wouldn't say that. Once again, <laughs> nobody's written in, so how would I know? <laughs> are you, say- are you uh, saying that you have a lot of charisma? Uh, a lot of what? I do have a lot of charisma. Charisma is the opposite of charisma. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, good. Well, how's everybody doing this evening? It's been oh, a weird, okay. been a weird uh, time. Has it? My dad's back. My dad's back in the hospital tonight. Oh, so that's rough. I hate healing. And of course, to uh, to to not uh, not focus on that. Of course, I'm now picking up on things in commercials that irritate me. So, such as what was what's the latest thing that's irritated you in a commercial? Well, there's this Gillette commercial. It, it talks about how now there is finally a razor just for men. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you see the problem. You see the problem here. Though. Finally. Oh my god, I, I've been looking for a razor for men forever. Yeah. <laughs> but it's another one of those things where we're we're basically falsely making an oppressed minority. Uh it's a false dilemma saying, you know, men don't have a razor that's just for them. Well, you know, what about all those razors that were made before like the nineteen seventies that weren't pink? Okay, but let's clarify something here. When your wife takes your razor and uses it to shave her legs, and you don't realize it, and then you go to shave? Yeah. Wow, right? Right. No, I I got that. That's, that's, but are you telling me that this new Gillette razor that's just for men would be impossible for a woman to shave her legs with? No, I'm saying that I need a razor just for me, right? So... (laughs) False dilemma. So you have to lock it up. Exactly. You have to lock it up. There you go. I need a razor that oozes manliness. Well, in that case, use a chainsaw. I mean, (laughs) just get yourself a just get yourself a nice, good sized straight razor. I mean, it's got to be shaped like a penis. Uh, That's the main (laughs) thing to make to make it extra manly. Okay. Yeah. Have sandpaper on it. Sandpaper. I don't know. It, 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 it all depends on the grip. So if it's a nice, you know, spongy, like, you know, or, you know, plasticky penis grip, you know, like a soft, uh, soft silicone, it's easy to hold in the shower, too. It's not going to slip out on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I oh. All right. A razor just for men is is pretty ridiculous. This is, <laughs> Gillette, is this Gillette's newest slogan? What the what the hell? I, I mean, I always I well, know the slogan is the best a man can get, but that was the old one. No, it's still the best a man can get. Oh, they changed it recently. Did they go to something But else? this particular razor, the advertisements say that this is the first razor just for Wasn't yeah. Gillette originally just for men? Yeah. <laughs> was there, what about, what's the, what's the other big razor brand? There's there's another one. What was the other, um, like, big one? Gillette, Gillette just changed their slogan over to the best man, the best men can be. Okay. All right. This is, this um, is. Gillette. Bick, uh, Wilkinson, and, and weren't they you know, all originally for somebody, men? Somebody, yeah, they are. They were. Somebody help me out with this because I'm the guy here who actually doesn't shave. <laughs> I, I just I, mow. 
I actually use a Harry's razor. <laughs> I don't use any of those brands. <laughs> okay. I, d- I just use a cheap brand from the dollar store. I have no idea what brand I have. How do you buy replacements if that's the case, though? Are you are you just or do you use disposals? Disposable. Um, I think I do have a Gillette right now because I think I um, it was a freebie um, sent to the house of the like the four or five blade or whatever. Okay. That's what I've been using. I got you them. for my sponsorships. <laughs> <laughs> well, I once uh, I, I, I think like a year or two ago, I saw a uh, commercial for Subway sandwiches, and uh, was for a specific Subway sandwich. I forget which one, but. Uh, it made the point in there that uh, there were like uh, no artificial colors, which I kind of thought. And your your other sandwiches have artificial colors in them. That's a very good point. <laughs> yeah, that's a strange. Ah. Yeah, advertising sucks. Bill Hicks, he was right. If you're in advertising, just kill yourself. Yep. <laughs> hey. You know, like from uh, eating out fast food, I think like uh, the most um, uh, the most. Uh, unrealistic pictures of the fast food sandwiches. You, you know, they're they're all dressed up, the the advertising pictures of the fast food items and stuff, but I think the most unrealistic one would have to be uh, from Taco Bell, where they, they show their tacos absolutely stuffed with meat and stuff, and it's just, when, when you get the actual thing, it's like you, you can't even see it from outside this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> huh. All right. Well, enough enough about advertising. Do we have anything else? Everybody good? Good. I went to a um, bridal shower today. Yay. Bridal shower. Very good. People getting married. No, no. Is is that the is that the one with is that the one with the 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 bride or is that the one where they rain uh, horse tack down on person? This what? is the one with the bride, not the bridal. Okay. <laughs> I know it was. I know it was tactless of me to ask. All right, Matt. Well, let's move on. What time is it? Oh boy, what time it is! It is. That would be Ian and dumbasses masturbation masturbation. What moment? What moment? The amateur skeptics present. Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Oh, I got... So, I put I put a couple of things in here. All, um, I, I, just, I just finished a book, and I thought I would share... And the book is called Tell Me What You Want... By Justin J. Is his uh, Lee Meyer? I think that's how you say his last name. I just I Lee just, Miller. L e h m. Oh, Len Miller. Miller. Yeah, Lee Miller. Yeah. Is it Lima? Okay. It probably. Brian, now that song stuck in my head, and I hate pop music. Um. Well, that's a personal problem. But thanks for sharing. It's okay, and I've still got unforgettable stuck in my head since Brian mentioned perfume commercials. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I I read this. Uh, I read his book. I, I just finished it. Um. And it was really interesting. So he's doing uh, a lot of sex research, and he did a—I think it was an online survey—where and he got uh, about four thousand five hundred participants in this survey, um, and asked them about their sexual preferences and a lot of different questions about about what turned them on and you know stuff like that. And it was pretty interesting how much 
um, BDSM keeps coming co- keeps uh, coming up in at least in the uh, America with Americans. It's extremely popular. Uh, I mean, we can see with uh, how well Fifty Shades of Grey did. With as terrible as that as those books were, the the idea really really sells. And so I put um I, to to introduce you to him. I put uh, just a couple of things on here uh, from his site. So. The first one was, uh, is kink a sexual orientation? And this kind of gets into the BDSM um, stuff like that. And basically what, what they're asking, there, somebody wrote uh, a piece about whether it was a sexual orientation or kind of a leisure thing. And uh, I mean, the, the, and he kind of breaks it down. The end result is that it depends on the person is what kind of what it sounds like. For some people, it's a you know it's a it's a lifestyle, and for other pe- people, it's something they do right. recreationally, which which sure. makes a lot of sense. And I, I don't think that there's anything surprising there. But I thought the article was good, and I thought the way he broke it down was good. Uh, just more uh, more layers on how uh, sexuality is a spectrum. Exactly, well, and his book really goes into that as well. Well, and that's one thing with any the asking of kink is a sexual orientation. If you identify yourself that way, fine. If not, who cares? Uh, um. Most of sexual orientation is how you identify yourself, how you feel about it. Right. Now, interestingly enough, when you look at the um, the DSM and some stuff like that, they, they um, some of these are still in there as um, with the uh, as um, what do you call them? Um, paraphilias. They might be paraphilias as dis- as sexual disorders or and stuff like that. And because the, there's kind of a there, the, there's a there is a bias when sexual or when therapists are treating patients that that the ones that identify as in BDSM are having problems. But when you do a nationwide survey, you find that the people that are actually doing it are actually um, very emotionally healthy. And so there's there's a there's a so there's a um so there's a question of whether that kind of stuff belongs in the DSM at all. And and so his book kind of goes into into that because he he definitely um, identifies that in his research in his in this survey that he did that there's a selection bias because it was done online so it skews slightly younger um, it also skews more liberal he did get he did get you know Republicans and Libertarians and they are in there in the data right but you know people that are um, more willing to talk about this kind of stuff um, more willing to express. What, what their needs are and stuff like that tend to be more um, uh, a little bit more liberal um, and conservatives tend to keep that you know keep that stuff a little bit tighter what you conservatives notice- tend to think that uh, conservatives tend to think that anything other than a, a quick session of missionary and don't enjoy it is 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 a, is a sexually based illness they have more hmm. cheating fantasies right so you, you see what you, you see uh, in conservatives, more more you know cheating and adultery types of stuff. In the liberals, you see more polyamory types of stuff, right. which I don't I don't think that we, any of us would find that e- remotely um, surprising. And the amount of po- polyamorous people I now know just has skyrocketed over the last few years. It's, it's becoming crazy. it's becoming huge, which which kind of brings me to the, to the next piece that I really wanted to talk to. I put well, this in see, here. Cheating is basically cheating is basically just. Uh, polyamory just decided by one person without consent right exactly we're gonna call it unofficial polyamory (laughs) is that what we're gonna call it that's a good word for it yeah (laughs) non-consensual polyamory um 
the the next one I put in here it, it says um um he does a question Friday but this one is from years ago um why can't I maintain sexual interest in one person and th- this guy is talking about how you know he he's been with his wife for a certain amount of time and he's become less sexually interested in her and what? he he hasn't cheated on here but he doesn't know how to how how to deal with this um what they call the coolidge effect the um the idea that over time males become less interested in the or their immediate partners and, and would like to um, introduce something novel and it it now what's interesting is that it comes um it, i've heard that it was a joke but i've heard this two different ways it was a joke but that doesn't mean it's not True. Uh, that doesn't mean it's not something that might be true. But it's something the, like uh, the so-called seven-year itch. Um, it could be something like that. I didn't. I didn't see that directly. Um, but there was also a uh, there was also a movie called Someone Like You that dis- that explained it as the old cow new cow theory, which says that once a bull mates with a cow, he only wants a new cow. So okay, and and that's you. And rats are kind of the same way. Male rats. You, You'll see that, you know, that, that they'll, you know, you put it, you put a rat in a cage with, you know, five or six females, it'll, he'll mate with all of them. And then at some point he'll kind of get tired of mating with them and he'll stop mating with them, even though that they're trying to encourage him to mate with them. And then they'll introduce a new female and he'll, he'll become interested immediately. Well, is, is the problem that he's becoming less sexually interested in his wife or is the problem that they're not doing anything new that's keeping his interest? So, well, yeah, so the, yeah. Well, that's gonna, actually one of the things in the letter, the reply to the letter, is they do mention that. Yeah, and that's also he, what he talks about in his book when he's talking about the research, that one of the things that, that couples can do and should do is, number one, talk about their fantasies with each other, because whether they act them out or not, have making that connection is uh, is good for is is good for the relationship and good for their sex life. And... And sometimes, you know, depending on the fantasy, they may act it out. And one of the things he found is that people who actually go forth and act out um, their fantasies are um, ha- are actually very satisfied by those experiences. And his and that's what he found from his data. Um, in in this in this. Oh, were you talking to us, <laughs> Mad Cat? I was talking to you. Oh, I didn't hear you. What what were you saying? I I was saying. Okay, I forgot now. Okay, sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's okay. Yeah, pull up the instant replay, replay on that. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, I found his data extremely interesting. I found the book extremely interesting. Um, this article that I've got in here, you know, they they talk, they they're talking about monogamy. And I think it's, it, you know, we're seeing a lot. We, we've seen um, sex at dawn and, and a lot of, um, um, a lot of, uh, what, biological research showing that um this is really a thing you know people you know need to i mean some people polyamory works very really well for other people can um can find ways to add novelty to their sex life and keep it entertaining and so the um there's a lot of different options that people have and you know polyamory is is one that you know i mean we're seeing more and more of it like ian is talking about right yeah, and for, and for the people that and that works for, yeah, there's a there's people I've I've met who have that as a very very stable relationship. Well, I think and I think part of it is not that the desires haven't always been there, but we as a society are talking about memory. I mean, just you know, the book you're referring to, the conversation we're having right now, 
society is much more open to talking about and being honest about, which means it's happened more, especially, you know, the book's talking about communication, which is definitely oh. key. Mm-hmm. And so by the couples communicating and they're like, you know what, that sounds interesting. Let's try it. And it, it opens the door to a lot more of this stuff. I think that's why as much as it was, it's, um, hap- it seems like it's happened more often. It might not be, that'd be the harder one to really determine. I suspect that there's no uptick. I, Maybe some uptick, but I suspect that what we're seeing is people that are um, comfortable coming out and saying that they've been doing it. But I think it's been going on for a while. Right. And I think I that's think one of the big things. I think it's, it's more, more open now, too. But because um, it's more open, I think other people are, are – um, they they hear other people talking about it, and they're, and they're more likely to try it. That's what and, I was trying to say, too, a little earlier, was that people – we have talked about this before, about how people have to be open about their wants and needs. And – We've been raised, or a lot of us have been raised in such a thing, such a manner that it's a very closed situation. Uh, but nowadays we see this, what's going on more, and people are saying, hey, well, it's not as bad as we thought. I think the other things that we see happening are, you know, people are getting married later. So, mm-hmm. so they might be spending more time, you know, Discussing things and working things out. Yeah, working out. They They also might be trying a bunch of things before they get married too, and maybe once they get married, maybe they're more comfortable um, in the in the in that uh, monogamous situation, or they go in, or or they're going into a situation and listening. I'm polyamorous, and you know, and they're starting the relationship for from there. And so when people get married, they know that that you know that they uh, you know they're going to be having relationships with other people. You might have a core relationship, but yet you have. These other satellite relationships, and both of you have those kinds of things. And I mean, there, there's all sorts of things that could be going on that that we're talking about now. That before we're in the closet, right? And, and now more old ways. Go ahead. Yeah, there, there are there are a lot more ways of uh, having a, uh, a a sexual uh, relationship, a sexual and romantic relationship with somebody uh, than uh, than we want to simplify it into a lot of the time. Or with nobody, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, <laughs> I I was gonna say Ian probably knows about this. I don't know who else would, but William Marston Moulton, the creator of Wonder Woman. Oh, I know oh, about yeah. this. Yeah, yep. He lived in a polyamorous triad with two women. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I think heard we, the early Wonder Woman uh, comics were basically uh, bondage porn. They were. They were great. Yep. <laughs> I see. <laughs> and they were they were they were pretty damn good, yeah. Listen, that lasso of truth that's a that's a that's a good thing to have around, you know what I'm saying? Mm, do you have a lasso of truth in your place? No, it's a strap never mind. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Outside voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think the other the other thing that we're seeing too is that um, for a long time we looked at women as property and as as we dispel that and get rid of that notion um, you know it, it, I think that uh, we're seeing polyamory be more uh, more accepted right uh, at least I uh, hope that's true maybe that's just a hope I don't know it's interesting the uh, how, how things change over time uh, like if you're conservative you tend to Think of the whole thing. Oh, a guy uh, go dates with a girl. They go steady. They uh, uh, give a promise ring and then uh, eventually marry and stuff like that. That 
all that whole thing about uh, the way we uh, the the courtship ritual of dating is uh, not even really a hundred years old. No, you're right. It's not. So, and is but even I would say, like I didn't go through those rituals. Um, Ian, did you go through that those rituals in your first relationship? Um, kinda. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. yeah. And that, I mean, that that's just like the uh, the uh, halcyon idealized uh, idea, uh, if you're conservative, of what uh, the, the way the way boys and girls get together and the way it's always been. But, you know, like the, the way the way we interact with each other and develop sexual and romantic relationship has changed a lot over time and it continues to change and different things will work for different people. Sure. And the whole bullshit about the wedding ring. You know how that how that came to be. Nobody had nobody oh, yeah. got rings prior to you know what is a hundred years ago. I mean, number one, diamonds weren't that weren't that available. Um, right. Two, I mean, two they they were and well, I guess diamonds were kind of everywhere. It wasn't until who what company was that 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 started this whole idea idea about the the wedding ring and that it should be it should cost two months salary and all this BS. Mm-hmm. Might have been Tiffany's. It could have been. Um, I'm not sure. Wasn't it but, um the beers? Oh yes, it was. It was the beers. I thought we were talking about diamonds. We are. I think now you're uh, talking about the beers. <laughs> oh well, we're not th- well, not that <laughs> kind of beer. <laughs> yeah, you. Look I mean, that's not the first time you've talked about beers here. No, in fact, I just finished the Boddington's, which is a lovely beer, by the way. Engl- you know, beer traditional English English. beer. It has a. It has one of the widgets in it, and it's on nitro, and so it's this wonderful creamy ale. It's beautiful. Bod- Boddington's oh. can't can't re- recommend it highly enough. The whole idea of showing off the engagement ring, ring as this huge monster idea, and you have to show how big it is and how expensive exactly. it is and all that. And it's like, yeah. how does oh, that I, say we that didn't, you actually have a relationship? We didn't used to get rings necessarily for a wedding, but you know, if you, you, you gave the father of the bride enough goats, we didn't used to get married. That, I mean, this this is still a, this is this is a um, a new thing that everybody's getting married. Right. That the, yeah. It's it's. Uh, yeah, there, didn't used to be, it's a, there, there, there didn't used to be like a, a huge ceremony for most uh, marriages. You just suddenly declared yourself husband and wife because that's what you wanted. Right. Common law. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I saw something on Facebook that was hilarious the other day. It was talking about I take an old fashioned view of marriage, which is that a man and a woman should be uh, of allied families who unite to take out common enemies. <laughs> yeah. Right, marriage was a political thing, and it was also a way to protect property. Right, if yep. you, if you didn't have any property, you wouldn't bother with a marriage. That's a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and of course, all that thing about uh, having to having to ask uh, the father for the girl's hand in marriage is just a hold back from when the girls used to be considered property. I mean, why wouldn't you ask the mother well, because so, so because the mother doesn't own the daughter; it's the father who owns the daughter. Although a lot of that came from the fact that the tradition literally was all, all you had to do was go off and declare yourself husband and wife. And then what would ha- happen is you had these guys that would take advantage of, oh, yeah, we're husband and wife, you bet. Um, sleep with the woman. And it's, oh, no, no, we never made that agreement. Okay. So because of that, they um, had to add in some, okay, let's put some stipulations in here. You know, before True. you officially married, you better um, ha- have witnesses and so oh, I that's that's really interesting. I I didn't know about that. Yeah, I didn't. I not remember what I read. I, I read an article talking hmm. about that. That um that was so, that that's how it used to be. You just declared it and done. But enough guys, I guess, took advantage of that. It's like we need to add a few more steps here to um you know witnesses, clarification, make sure it's all agreed upon. 
so that the guy can't take advantage. Let's also okay. uh, remember the fact that the veil was because you didn't necessarily know which daughter you were going to get. Well, Is that true? That's true. Wow. That was yeah, the end you, of the arranged marriage. That's a slightly different path. Sure. Yeah. yeah I, don't I mean, you even read the Bible. Um, and you want to go with biblical marriage. Um, if you have a brother and he dies, you're supposed to hook up with his wife. True enough. Yeah, traditional you're marriage, you know, choice. between a woman and a rapist. Yep. It's in the Bible as well. Yep. All right. Anyway. And when while we're speaking <laughs> oh. of the uh we're speaking of the moral foundations of the Bible, why don't we move on to the next uh yeah, please. Next article. <laughs> I think that, that I was that's what? just where I was going. Anyway, I can't recommend the book. Uh tell me what you want highly enough. I it was, it was a great read. It's very interesting. Um what he found while he was doing his survey. Uh he's very he's very upfront about the weaknesses of his data and and so I think it's a good read. Texas school board member votes against uh, gay straight alliance because the Bible. Ian, what? The, the first line in this article um, sums the whole thing up. The line is claiming the Bible supersedes the U.S. Constitution. A Tennessee school board member votes against establishing the um, gay straight alliance. Um, okay, uh, sounds to me like I, sounds like he should recuse himself from a government role. It's like that. That's fine in your personal life, but you can't say that on any level beyond that. You have no, you, you can't claim that the Bible supersedes the Constitution outside of your personal life. Okay, but this was one guy out of six, luckily. So the vote was five to one. Um, well, he, yeah, but you're uh, you're not paying attention to the fact that because he lost, he's going to take his ball and go home. Well, that's fine. Maybe he should he should come not be part of the school board anymore too. That that's I'd like him to take that ball and go way home. Well, no, he's going to urge parents to take their children out of school. Okay, fine. Let let I mean that that's fine. That they're going to have to pay to put them into private schools. That's good for a private school somewhere, and it frees up money for other schools in in, in public schools. So yeah, go ahead. Yep. Well, this is Tennessee. I um although I can't say I know for a fact, but it, it, it's surprisingly you know. It's normally a more con considered more conservative state, so there's a good chance that they have school voucher programs and stuff like that. Well, they, um, it, that might be true. That'll be a good thing. It doesn't matter. He, so he's a Baptist yeah. preacher. So this is this is uh, what Mr. Uh, Hicks. I, I've been studying more and more what the Bible actually says about homosexuality, and the majority of what they want you to believe is not there. That's Jesus true. Never spoke yeah. out against it one bit. In um, I you know what Jesus was. spoke out against. Jesus spoke out against rich people. Oh yeah, yes, but did. um, he also the, spoke the, out the, against about, against marriage too, right? The, uh, basically, you're supposed to leave your family, pick up a sword, and follow him. I don't know if that's quite in there, <laughs> but I do know in the New Testament we have one of his followers or something um, saying that the reason um, Sodom and Gomorrah fell was because of how they treated outsiders in the greed. They were greedy, selfish um, people who treated outsiders poorly. Nothing at all about homosexuality. And supposedly the New Testament clarifies the Old Testament. Yeah, that's not true. Oh, yeah. Well, well that, that's what they call well. No, he right. came, it, Jesus came to, to fulfill the law, not to change it. Not a not a jot or a tittle. Then why does he exactly. declare that everything from the Old Testament is invalid? When he did he do that? that? When did he do that? I, in in Mark, he says that he came to fulfill the law. No, that's Matthew. In Matthew, he said he came to fulfill the law. Where, where did he come to say he that he... That he came to abolish it. Do we have to read the Bible now? No, we don't have to read the Bible. It probably says both things. It's a big book well, of multiple choice. Wasn't yeah. there also the reference that Jesus was against uh, gambling? He was against the... He, he 
what he he went after the tax the 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 people um in the that were overtaxing. Oh no, he, he also, actually he went over he to he go into a gambling place over he, the no that, that was that was, was actually, that, that, was, that, was, that was the temple that yeah oh, that, yeah, that and, yeah and it was temple the temple was being used for things that it should not be. But no, he actually. A famous line of "Give unto Caesar that which is his." Actually, it's him saying, "Go ahead and pay your taxes because it doesn't matter." Um, in in the end, that's not what's important. He actually okay. um straight out pay, pay your taxes and get that done with because monetary wealth isn't important. Yeah, it was in John where he was flipping the tables of the of the tax collectors. That was because of where they were in the temple and stuff. That could be, but he was aggressive in John. Very aggressive. <laughs> So once more, he doesn't speak ill of homosexuals at all, even once. Uh, you know, and even the Bible itself doesn't have much against you know that the few references that are there. That the one um, real direct one is the one in Deuteronomy. And like I said supposedly, and that, that we're having the debate right here. We'd have to look it up. My understanding is Jesus at some point says, "No, no, the rules of Deuteronomy are no longer valid because something's you know this is what's changed." Wasn't Deuteronomy in cats? <laughs> No, but Jesus did. Uh, no, but Jesus did flip the tables in Jesus Christ Superstar. Well, he did like flipping tables. Yep, he came to fulfill the law. Don't don't you don't you bring your Andrew Lloyd Webber in here because I've got my own. <laughs> hey, I just know about. So this. so where I'm getting this from is Matthew um, Matthew five uh, seventeen to twenty. Uh, do not think that I came to abolish the law or to or, or the uh, prophecies. I um I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Uh, for truly I say, uh, unto heaven and earth pass until heaven and earth pass, not to uh, uh not not a or not not a dot or a chittle or a tittle or a, I I O T A iota I not I not iota or a dot um will pass from the law until. All is accomplished, and it goes on. That's from the uh, ESV. The that's the American Standard Version, but I think it's very similar in the. Um, but like you say, other people say that he came to to abolish the law, and I imagine that I don't know if that's Mark or if that's John, but it's but it's possible that he said that as well. But that's the problem. How many, how many times has the Bible been rewritten now? So so we're saying that Jesus was against being titillated. <laughs> oh, we're already, without trying to move into another thing that I'd um, put in here. Oh, that's okay. Um, we can move on. I, I mean, here's the thing. Bottom, bottom line is the the, the uh, this pastor, luckily, because this didn't have to go, because otherwise there would have been a lawsuit. Luckily, it was a five to one decision. And this one pastor and um, on the school board w- voted voted against it, right? Saying that, that basically that his Bible superseded the um, the Constitution. Well, and that's not, and, and it's a, 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 I mean, that's not true. The personal we, we know life, that's, that's fine. Yeah. I have no problem with that. But once you get into the you know, governing, no, you can't do that. Well, and well, he, and he wasn't. Well, guy didn't have any power to change anything, and everybody else disagreed with him, so it's not really that much of a. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, thing, and really. and uh, apparently you can bring your personal bias into a government setting. At least that's what the lady from Kentucky. Yes, she did, didn't she? That, that was settled in properly for sure. Yep. Well, no, I was settled properly. She was jailed. Eventually. Yep. And then I, I didn't see um tried to get her job back and got voted out or something. Yeah, I don't I don't think that she's doing the job anymore. So this is his quote. Well she My book, The Bible, supersedes the Constitution of the United States. The Bill of Rights, 
the Magna Carta, okay, uh, the Mayflower Compact, and the board policies. The state, oh, so he believes in Sharia law. Apparently. The state, <laughs> the, the, um, the state constitution and everything else. Tennessee school board member, is this Tiki Hicks? Tiki Hicks. Tiki Hicks, yeah. So when he comes up for re-election, can him. But what might happen is that is that the people who voted for it could get, you know, that this could work against them. I don't know how this is going to work in Tennessee, but it was five to one. So I suspect that he that he is the odd one out. That's what you hope. Yeah. Well, you got I mean, that's all you can do until you see how, how things work out. As we're talking about the Bible being rewritten, I had put an article here. Conservative Bible Project aims to rewrite yes. scripture to counter perceived liberal bias. This is extremely interesting. Interpreting the Bible with a pair of scissors. And, and the, the funny thing is, if you read through it, what they're basically saying is all, all these translations over the years, we've decided that they're too liberal and they must have been altered liberally. So we're going to go back and alter it all conservatively because that's the way it really should be. And it's like, <laughs> it's odd because I've been told by so many believers that the Bible is the word of God. And the translations are done by God's will in order to get us to know what God wants us to know. Right. It's not subject I've to interpretation. Right. It's not subject to interpretation. Yeah. Right. This isn't the first time that uh, this isn't the first time that uh, some sector or another have decided uh, to try to correct the Bible by uh, going back to like what it must have been before after right. the stuff that they don't agree with is taking out. Well, they've already done a uh, a rewrite of it to make people understand it these days. Well, there are lots of different versions of the Bible uh, it, in yeah. different, more readable texts. And then there's the Jefferson Bible, right, where he takes all the supernatural stuff. Well, to to be honest, the book of uh, the book of Dean and the book of Sam were pretty apocryphal. Ah. And there are typos and versions of the Bibles. I know the book Good Omens uh, make like the miniseries didn't make reference to them, but the book actually makes references to a collection of. Bibles with typos in them. Yep. The Unrighteous Bible, the Bugger All This Bible was the best. They did sanitize it a little bit. It was very good. Um, I think they did a very good job of the miniseries, but it was sanitized just a little bit. Um, so, you know, the, the Bibles are not above having errors to begin with. And if it's supposed to be the Word of God, God, and translated by people who are doing God's work, well, they're the. It's been messed up and we have to fix it. They're the fan fiction of man now. <laughs> So anyway, so this is from the same guy who does the Conservapedia, <laughs> which we've which we've taken yep. down before. I mean, the the Conservapedia is a is I mean pretty much nonsense, right? Mm. I mean it it, it it's a you know uh, pro creationist. I mean it it definitely is um it, it's heavily slanted, right? I mean it, it's kind of the kind of the bias is in the name Conservapedia, so. But, but the the fact that they picked such a catchy name for this, the Retcon Bible, is is actually pretty good. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> Retcon Bible. <laughs> that would be that would be a good name. <laughs> yeah, which is interesting that that they've chosen to do this because I mean that that's one of the things that we use all the time is that I mean, when you read it, you know when you read the Bible. Uh, Jesus is, is fairly liberal. He helps the poor stuff, stuff that, you know, uh, he's, uh, Stuffing he's kind that of, conservatives don't do. He's kind of, he's, he's kind of a democratic socialist. Yep. Yeah. So, so anyways, I mean, it, the, the guy who's rewriting it is interesting. Um, and it's interesting that the process that they're doing, right? Because 
Isn't this kind of a group effort? Probably. Uh, I believe it's less of a group effort and more of a circle. (laughs) I I thought, what's what's the process that they're using, Ian? Doesn't really go into details. I thought it did. uh, They're using a process of peer review. Right. Which is basically they're looking at people who believe the same way as them and saying, "Do you think this looks right?" Oh yeah, that, I yeah. think that looks right. That's exactly what we're going to do. It's 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 not a it's not a peer review like we use in science. It, it, you're right that that it's a it's a they're going to get people who who are already conservative and then try and make it you know streamline it to be the most the, conservative. Uh, they can. The lack of lightning storms after this is going to prove the non-existence of God. Atheism is on the rise. I'm telling you. Let's see. Taken from the famous passage of Luke, the conservative Bible omits uh, omits it's not only because it's is omitted. Uh, no, it's the, a, it's omitting full passages. Is what something's saying because they're liberal, and it's like, wait a minute, that's not translating. Yeah, that's editing. There's a whole big difference. But <laughs> You're editing I mean, out whole passages. Yeah, that's different than saying, hey, I, I took this sentence and translated it, and maybe flex it one way or the other. And that's one problem with language is in translation, you can do that. You can flex um, to emphasize certain things. And that they almost have a legitimate thing. But to say, oh, we're just going to delete this whole. um, They only got added because the liberals wanted it in there. It's like, well, is it It, not in the originals then? It's pretty interesting. Um, The guy from Reasons to Believe, I forget what the name of the. um, And he is a astrophysicist and he's he is a old earth um, creationist. So guided evolution, I, I I assume, and he was recently on the Dogma Debates, uh, Dogma Debate podcast, and one of the things that you know that they were pushing him on was this idea that there were so many translations, and he and you know how they contradicted it and stuff. He says, nope, that's not true. Each translation it has it serves its purpose. So depending on on what you're what you're trying to accomplish will depend on the version that you're using. It's like holy fuck. So you've got to have twenty different Bibles and different interpretations. And depending on what you wanted to say at that moment, you go find that Bible, right? I mean it's like Yep. <laughs> it's uh, that, that that's not helpful to you to your point there. <laughs> but they but they but they use it to say you're just you're just misinterpreting it. You're you're just using it wrong. Right? No and it's like if it's this fucking complicated, God's not supposed to be the author of confusion. Well, fuck that. <laughs> he clearly is. If I could have 20 Bibles just trying to figure out what that asshole is trying to say. <laughs> it's, 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 it's insanity. And now we'll have, and now we'll have 21. <laughs> the conservative. So, so here, here's what, here's what, here's what the conservative, uh, the, uh, Jesus is going to say. And this is where, and this is where they'll probably add God smited the gays. Well, they already have. <clears throat> they already say um, just because God, uh, Jesus did not say in the Bible that uh, that he did not like gays, <sighs> it was definite that he did because he believed in this. <clears throat> so yeah, they, they didn't during Jesus' time. They didn't even think of homosexuality the same way we do. Nope, that's yeah. that's true. No, that time you. But what is it? What is it? I, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, there there might be an argument for uh, there might be an argument for the the whole thing about not liking gays having been edited out. I mean the the apostles did take the Bible to Greece. Wait, <laughs> Ian, you you've been looking at this a lot. In I think it's um, is it Deuteronomy that says uh, man will not lay with uh, lay with man as he would a woman. Right. That's the only really direct thing in the whole Bible from seeing homosexuality. Okay, so right but but what do you do with that, 
right? I mean, it it sounds pretty clear to well, me. Said, supposedly, my understanding is Jesus had, had said something. I, I've been trying to look it up, and I can't find it. Um, of course you can't find it, because he came to fulfill saying, the law, like I told you. <laughs> <laughs> my understanding is Jesus said, okay, because, um, you know, well, one, if you have to follow Deuteronomy, that's where the seafood, you can't eat seafood, you can't eat... Um, you, you can't, can't sacrifice doves for your wedding. Uh, the, the, you yeah, can sell your daughter into slavery. It's so details of exactly how you're supposed to sacrifice uh, animals to God. Yeah, he was very fond of burnt offerings. But but Ian, yeah. I, I don't know why you continue to push this. I I read to you and told you where it was in in Matthew that he said anything to fulfill the law. I don't know why you keep looking. I've already answered this for you. <laughs> you're saying a lot of the Christians that tell me that the reason why they don't do burnt offerings. Is because Jesus told me they um, weren't supposed to follow those laws anymore. Or wrong. This is why God hates vegans. <laughs> they need to get out there and start doing the um, animal sacrifice again. That's basically. right. Yeah, v- vegans are getting this all wrong. Every PETA member is going to hell because they're not giving the proper burnt offerings. Well, yeah. Well, it has nothing to do with them eating it or not. It has to do with them burning. Um, you know, making the sacrifices to God. And God has to be willing to go and talk to these people and make sure that they're going to. Talk behind a burning bush and make sure they're going to kill their child. You can <laughs> stay when they, vegan. And they uh, get to that point where they're going to kill the child. God has. God is going to turn around and say, "No, do not do that." I was just joking. No, you can say, but by all logic, you can stay vegan and still sacrifice animals to God. I, I think technically, I think technically, Mad Cat, what God said from the burning bush that you're, the thing you're talking about was uh, Abraham and and his son. I think technically what God said from the burning bush was to Moses, and it translates roughly into, look what I can do. Ah. I am what I am, and that's all that I am. I can tell you what to do, and you'll do it. That's uh, Popeye the Sailor God. <laughs> I am always. Well, but uh, back back to my point, I mean, I, I've just shown you where in Deuteronomy, where, where God says he doesn't like gays, and I've showed you that Jesus came to fulfill the law, not to change it. I've demonstrated both. I admit you have. How many Bibles did you do it? <laughs> How many Bibles did it take? It took two. Okay. <laughs> I think I can do only, a both. I can do it so both only, with the ESV. Only, only two Bibles to completely contradict. Nice. Yeah. No, I didn't need all twenty. Regretfully, I am not a biblical scholar and don't know every little detail. So <laughs> I have to bow down to that and say you have provided the verses and everything else to defend your claim, and I cannot do that. <laughs> All I can do is go off of what I've been told by Christians. Right, Which but is obviously wrong, because they were following the liberal translations. I think there's some sort of idea in, uh, in certain Christians that uh, the New Testament is supposed to like make the Old Testament invalid, and they, they have some sort of—it doesn't like state uh, explicitly, I think, in the Scriptures, but they interpret certain things to mean certain things or whatever. They have to eliminate. Yeah, sure. the, I think I think that's the way it goes. But for I think that uh, I think that it's going to turn out in the conservative Bible that Jesus was actually a steel worker from Detroit. <laughs> they basically want to justify being able to get tattoos, wearing clothing of two material, eating selfish and pork. Because uh, yeah, you can't give up bacon <laughs> and all these other things they're not allowed to do. But they can't give up criticizing um, homosexuality. This is because Christians just want to sin. <laughs> wow, that was a, that was a conversation. Wow, <laughs> yeah, that really broke, the, broke it up. It's wow. <laughs> funny. I just used their I just used their argument against atheists on them. <laughs> <laughs>
No, but oh. they have to eliminate Mark. They have to eliminate Matthew, the, those verses in Matthew, to, to make what you're saying true. Yeah, but, you know, they probably just got those whole books out of there because the apostles were pretty fucking liberal. <laughs> so what everything they wrote is suspect. All the apostles were pretty liberal, except, you know, um, the one guy, his name started with J. Judas. Yeah, him. Yeah. He was pretty conservative. He was pretty conservative. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Oh, here. Let, uh, uh, if we can move on. I'm fine with that because everything I know about uh, everything I know about the New Testament pretty much came from came from Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> Listen, I think that we have proven tonight that I know my Bible better than Ian. Believe what you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get this headline: Churches sue Texas City, Texas. It should say a Texas city, but Texas city, because there's no Texas city. So I already, I already think that Fox News, and I got this from Fox News. They've already, they've already screwed up the, their titling. It should say H A city, a Texas city, but not. It says churches sue Texas city, wherever that is. I don't know. Um, accusing them you of Texas city is South Dakota. It's South Dakota. It's in South Dakota. Yeah, that that yep. could be. Um, Texas City, South Dakota. Accusing it it of targeting them with illegal taxes. I can't believe this is actually from Fox News. Just that that title of the article, am I just reading it poorly, or is it it really that poorly constructed? It's pretty poorly constructed. Okay. I mean, it doesn't specify what Texas City. It just says Texas City. It doesn't, it, but if it said a Texas city, right, that that would make sense. But accusing. Yeah, saying Texas city just sounds like they're, te- they're saying the name of the city. Yeah. Why, why, it, why didn't they say the, the name of the city in the. Why didn't they, right? Because they wanted to make sure that Texas was in the title. So uh, churches sue Texas city, accusing it of targeting them with illegal tax. Okay, so here's what's happening here, the way that I understand it from the, from this article and some other things that I read. It comes down to the the way that they classify different organizations. So, like, there's different power rates depending on what what you're what you're classified as. So, if you're if you're if you're uh, a retail store, you pay different water and electrical rates than um, than a homeowner does. The uh, homeowners pay a reduced rate compared to businesses, and so they and apparently. Um, these churches used to be, I think that they were being taxed or they were being charged at the rate, at the same rate as, um, as a, uh, as a dwelling. Uh, and, but now that they, they've reclassified churches as something else, uh, it says in here. Commer- they changed them from commercial to institutional. Okay. And institutions pay any, a higher rate than commercial is what's happening. And so these, so now that so whatever they were paying for water before, now they're going to be paying. They're going to be paying for water at this higher rate, and they're they're claiming that this is that the um that basically reclassifying this way is not okay. And the city is is really not trying to hide what what they're doing at all. They're saying that that by by making this change, that they'll collect more money to go back into the system, you know, to 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 help the city and and to you know to to support. To, to support the city, um, they're they're very much trying to to collect more money, and since churches are not 
they they don't pay taxes and i would i would argue that this is not a tax this is a fee and the reason yeah. i the reason i quibble about that is because um you remember uh, who was a presidential candidate from massachusetts um what's his name romney when Romney was running for president, he claimed that how uh, he he made claims about how much he lowered taxes in Massachusetts, which he did, but he did that by lowering the tax rate and increasing fees on freaking everything, right? And and that wasn't considered a tax. So if we make if we if we make the the Romney quibble here, it's 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 a fee, not a tax. And and they now they're making the claim that. By making them pay this higher rate, it's that they won't have as much money to help the community. Well, well um, I, I I like the argument here that they say these churches simply wanted to be treated the same as any other organization or company in the city of Magnolia. I think that's fair. Tax them. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's exactly tax what I was normally. thinking. That's exactly what I was going to think. Let's tax them on the tax land that they're sitting on. Tax normally. As soon as tax you said them. that, I'm saying like, do they not get the irony of them making that claim? Because I guarantee I you, because they're not big on irony in Texas um, or in the evangelical. So if the if we were to do that, if we were to say tax them, make them pay property taxes like every other you know business does, they're going to end up paying a lot, and, and then we'll charge them. We'll char- bring their water rate back down. I guarantee you, they will pay much more money, right? Because Texas property taxes are high. But um, whatever you think you're paying in Colorado, mine are higher. Um, so so they they would pay a lot more money down here, and they would pay taxes on everything else that they're doing as well. So yeah, so so go ahead and tr- bring them back to the corporate rate and tax the shit out of them. Tax them like you would any other business. You don't have to tax the shit out of them. Just tax them fairly, right? It's it's so it's so hypocritical. Now that said. I actually don't know if what if what Texas is doing here is legal. I have no idea. Um, the um, when you watch the video, um, the they they're pretty confident that that this is uh, this is not going to be declared um, as legal, and that the, they'll be able to go back to the old classification um, that they had. I also don't know how I feel about it because while I think that we should tax the churches, I'm not sure that that re, um, upping and reclassifying them. Is actually is actually an okay thing. I don't. I I would be upset if they came and re- and reclassified my home, and now I was paying a higher rate. Um, yeah, that would that okay. no, that okay. would okay. suck. Well, you know, well, they were reclassified from though. Then they weren't commercial. No, well, they were never commercial. Profit. That that is true. They are an institution. So the classification is more correct. But is it fair to re to go back and reclassify a church, or would it be more fair to say okay? You're grandfathered in, but the next church that that um, that is created will pay an institutional fee. I think we need to know more about why I the the actual logic behind charging a higher rate for institutional. It's simple. Well, I don't know. That's a good question. But these churches are a drain on the infrastructure around them because they do not pay their fair share, right? The, the roads and stuff because you're not because you're not taxing them on their facilities. It, all the infrastructure that they use is essentially free to them. Um, and so I've got a huge problem with that. Like they say, they just want to be treated like any other business, so they should pay their on taxes. The other hand, on the other hand, churches may subsist on donations primarily. Okay, That's but, why, why, but uh, why is that an argument? Well, the I, argument is that the nonprofit and that um, the money they bring in is supposed to go to charity. 
But if that was true, you'd never have megachurches. They they could never be able to get to that point. Yeah, I mean, they, I think that they need to demonstrate how much good they actually do in the community. They're making the claim, right. but they should show us the numbers on uh, um, on what they're actually good. putting now, back into the want, community. You want to know where the problem comes from? That uh, okay. no one in the IRS will um, audit a church. Right, but you in the suggested or try, you right, are demonized. Exactly, and but here's the thing: is that when they they're they're going to sue, and I think the state can make the claim that they're well, they're not doing anything for the community; they're a drain, and that they should demonstrate. Right? Can't they, I mean we could ask them to demonstrate the good that they're doing for the community and show us show us the numbers. Where is your money going? But you're right; they don't have to file that stuff. I, I'm not. They make the claim that they're good for the community and that they and that they're putting money back into the community. But I don't know that that's true. Yeah, that all depends uh, on who you're talking to as well. Ian, uh, a point though. A point though. I think technically, the way a mega church is formed is I think you get one church to form the torso, um, <laughs> a couple of churches to form uh, arms the arms and the legs, and, legs. and all and form the head. head. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then to take out the monster at the end, they simply form the blazing sword of spirit. Right. But here's the thing: is that so? I I don't know that this is legal. I I have a feeling it might not be legal. I I think that I think that they probably should have grandfathered the church, the current churches in, and then made it in the and they made it so any new in, new churches would be classified as institutions. I think that 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 they could have done made that change. It wouldn't mind that have solved the initial problem, but churches, you know, come and go. Um, right. I'm not sure how old these churches are that that they're taxing. I, um, this is my. I'm pretty sure that if they had, if they'd done it to new churches, the old churches would have stepped up and pitched a bitch about it there well, too, and probably churches oh yeah. from other cities. Yeah, but I think that I think that that would have been legal, right? I don't. I think that their challenges for something like that would would have been very difficult. I mean, it may seem a little unfair, yeah. but um, uh, if a if a church can't support itself through donations and pay fair taxes, then uh, it doesn't really even deserve to uh, be functional. Yeah, I think the they think that the idea that that um, that because they're the because they're um, only getting uh, donations, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see that as a valid argument at all. They're either collecting enough to be a violent institution, or they're not, right? And if they're not, they can go away. Yeah. I mean, are you gonna are you gonna say the same thing about you know, about the uh, you know about the uh, about the ark down the street or something like that? If they can't, if they aren't collecting enough money to pay their bills, are are we gonna make some special exemption for them? Because in the ark that oh, no, got no, damaged, maybe the ark's not a great. What, what I was saying, yeah, like if if they if they can't, no, yeah, I, I was saying if they can't cope with the new taxes, then they, yeah, they deserve to just go. Did they, all they need to do is rape the rape the people coming to the you know coming to the church in the first place for more money, right? Tell them that God's going to kill them if they don't raise eight million dollars. That works for that works for all these you know these ridiculous pastors. In fact, I think it works for the next pastor in our next story. Oh, <laughs> I think I'm what well, you were one I pulled. Oh, you pulled it. We're going a bit long. I'd rather talk about this next one than the. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, then, but then my segue is for shit. Your segue. I moved to next time because I know we're going long, and the next one I definitely like to. All right, do do the next one, and and the rest of the stuff on there doesn't matter. So so okay, do let's do your next story. A victory for common sense. This is the kind of thing you always love to see. So this country artist I've never heard of. I will admit that. Ty is releasing a new version of his hit 1995 breakthrough country song, 
with new pronouns. Well, I guess when he came out in 1995 and hit it big, um, he wrote a love song. Well, at the time, he was in the closet. So his love song is him singing to a woman. Since then, he has come out of the closet. And he is rewriting the song so that it is now him singing a love song to another man. Mac. Okay. Well, you know what? I I would say that he can, that if somebody doesn't like it, they can listen to the original version. But the the whole idea that he's sitting here saying, listen, I've got, country music, which is known for being conservative, has been, you know, over the last decade, it seems they've been breaking through and becoming more liberal. But your general country, when you think of a country fan, you generally go conservative. I'm not trying to be overly, um, uh, uh, whatever it is here. I know the word and it's not going to Paint them with an overly large brush. I, I will. Uh, I will not, say. I will say that I have the same. Uh, that I feel the same way about it. But I'm. Uh, I'm also going to say that I don't have any data to back that up. I have the same right, perception, but I don't know if the perception is correct. That's true. Um. But our general perception is that country music is normally the more conservative side of things. I agree. So the fact that he's doing this, you know, he, he's apparently an established artist within the country music scene. Um, I, I don't know. Once more, you know, I'm, I'm not a country fan, so I don't know much about um, his whole career. But um, the fact that a a, a, a notice, notable country music star has come out saying, listen, I'm gay. I'm rewriting my songs to fit who I truly am. I've been hiding it all this time because I felt I had to in order to get um, somewhere to begin with in this business. To me, that's a big deal. That's a huge massive step in the right direction. I need to drop out. Yeah, okay. That, yeah, you got you got a busy cow said there. We'll talk to you later. Katie Lang that, pretty much did the same thing. Who's it, Katie Lang? Uh, but it's uh, Katie Lang. Katie, Katie Lang. Okay, Katie, Katie Lang. Okay. What's her no. <clears throat> I keep on getting that gal. That okay. I gotta tell you, you know, when um when <laughs> when I listen to any artist, pretty much, <laughs> I'm never really that concerned with their sexual orientation. I could care less most of the I time, don't right? Care for anyone. <laughs> I don't even I don't even think about that that most of the time. No, that, uh, you know, but um, you know, I, you, we, we've t- studied society enough. We know there is um that stuff going on. Although I, I like his, he, um one of his quotes here. I really hope that a fourteen year old kid who looks just like me sitting in front of his TV watching the CMT awards or CMA awards who wants to come to Nashville but is scared to death sees the video. Well, to be fair, if the kid looks just like him, it's probably his kid. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he, he's been married twice. All this stuff, he, it basically destroyed him because he was not being who he was. I'm going to say, good for him. It's still not going to make me like country music. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm with you. But it, it, it's one of those, like I said, a huge stepping stone in the right direction. It, um, it is. I, I, I've actually thought about, are, are there actually gay love songs out there? Now we know for a fact there is a one written by a um, country star. By who? Well, not to us, but well-known in the country music business. <laughs> well-known country star. So, I, 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 you know. I can only name one country star, and that's Charlie <laughs> Daniels. That's it. And he only has, only has one song, as far as I'm concerned. I only know one song by Charlie Daniels. <laughs> that's not true. I know Achy Breaky Heart. That that's the other really good country song I know. <laughs> well known within the country music scene, from what I've gathered from this article. Okay, it is. It does feel like the idea of of uh, of people coming out of the closet in country music is far less likely than it is in pop music, right? It, it I, I I get the perception because I have that perception. Is there backlash though? What I want to know is there is there backlash on these guys for um, for doing the this? The article doesn't go into it. Um, it, it's. 
a five-day-old article. So it'd be interesting to see some updated stuff once it gets out a bit. But I, I worked with a guy once, um, and he 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 had told me that when he, um uh when when he thought that Freddie Mercury was gay, that he destroyed all of his Queen Queen albums. <laughs> he regretted it later, um, but I mean he was he was a bigot. Uh, but it's but he came later on. I think that you know he he softened a little bit, and now he then he regretted it. But the, I mean, I imagine that clearly there was some backlash when people found out that Freddie Mercury was gay, right? We don't even think about it so much now, right? It just it just that's just Queen, right? And 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 we look back and go, boy, the music kind of makes a little bit more sense when you look at it from where Freddie Mercury might be coming, right? It adds some insight maybe to some of those songs, right? Um. And so maybe we'll see the same thing with with some of these other stars that that come out of the closet. That you go back and you listen to his music from that point of view and go, "Wow, okay, that that that's kind of a neat insight." Okay, yeah, I was right, Katie. Okay, he's from Saskatchewan. And Canada. she did she did the same thing. Um, she got famous she and then came out. She's not country, country is she? she yeah, she's kind of somewhat she, country. Okay, yeah, she started out as country. Uh, the song I'm picturing is doesn't she sing? Um, God, I can't song even. Well, Taylor Swift I used to be in country. I never. Li- I've heard her sing, and she's a really good singer and everything. But I never really listened too much to what she sang. Um, if I heard it on the radio, I wouldn't know who. <laughs> right. The only person I can really, really notice extraordinarily well is Dolly. Constant Parker. craving. That's a song. Doesn't she sing constant craving? She might. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, that's, uh, that's one of her musical performances, uh, Constant. That's the one okay. I'm most familiar with. Maybe it does have a... I'm trying to picture in my head it might have kind of a country feel to it. But I don't know. I, I never thought of it as a country song, I guess. Yeah. Taylor Swift started out as country. She's not yeah. anymore, right? And also, once more, you know, going off of my thought of are there um, gay love songs out there, this could start a trend. It would be a bad thing. I, um, To have homosexuals feel hey listen there's music that represents me has got to be a comforting thing I, and so yeah. i can very much see this being a uh, big deal for them looking this is mainstream music that represents me awesome troy troy Sivan, lucky strike which is queer pop okay feature m-n-e-k tongue sakima show me <laughs> we are okay. so hip and on top of the music scene here people yeah. <laughs> this is called google <laughs> You guys we're remember that hit? Ma- what we're talking about. <laughs> when I was out, when I was out test driving cars, I, I put I put my radio station on, and and it, it was it was it was a Madonna song. I thought, you know what? This is forty year old white 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 person music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 40, 50 year old white trash. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know that that's basic line I've ever heard with. Between her and Cindy Lauper, both of them were really great singers. Still are, uh, still. Well, I don't even know what Cindy is doing anymore, but I really always. C- like Cindy Lauper is doing all sorts of stuff. She, I mean, well, she does clothing. She, I mean, she's. Uh, I, I think that she's got lots of things going on, but oh, not at all of her music done. related. Yeah, yeah, she went from the music and into uh, fighting. I saw her. Stuff. She made a guest appearance on a TV show not too long ago. I mean, she she does all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I saw Mr. T before a few years ago, but that was uh, for a while. We are so off the rails. Say goodnight, everybody. (laughs) We're way off.
off the rails with WoW. <laughs> and yeah, uh, there we're was there. A in WoW. That's another we're one. That's right. That's another one in the yeah, country we're can. <laughs> we're done for today, but we'll talk again. I wish I could quit you guys. <laughs> If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Sharealike No Derivatives 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Canold. Find more of Peter's music at SoundCloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.